Damn, what is up my internet friends? Welcome to Walking and Talking, the show in which I walk and talk. Once again, I have nothing to say to you. I am um, walking uphill at the moment and there was a debate going on whether uh, to wait until I reach the top of the incline to begin talking so as to narrow the parameters of what's going on here to a uh, type of mentation that is the least encumbered as possible by physical activity but I chose ultimately in favor of the more inclusive approach of including at least some of the relatively more physically arduous process as kind of a illustration of it not really mattering or an illustration of some ideal state of mentation or some ideal mode of intellection happening as in if the intellection is mildly encumbered by the corpus the corpus's activity then so be it and we accept that or maybe even we don't but it's uh, kind of symbolically accepted anyhow by being included in the video however as I uh, reflect on the current situation uh, I wouldn't say that I'm experiencing any kind of encumbrance even uh, if I may be breathing a little bit harder than uh, let's say the average podcaster or something like that in fact there's maybe I could, it could even be framed as uh, somewhat stimulating the varied terrain to be stepping on but it's like uh, like encumbrance is fine because I don't think we're actually going anywhere anyways that is there's no perfect state of intellection or having uh, achieved perfect clarity or anything like that and so a little turbulence in the mix is just as uh, reflective of something as anything else would be
like there's still just there's still just the same old problem here and uh I'll admit that it seems like some length has been gone to to uh bring us to the this particular problem I guess you could say it is a particular problem but maybe in my conception of it or my framing of it it's like the ultimate problem of like what the hell or uh what are we even doing or what is the point Uh, but somehow, it's like, I feel continually compelled enough to, uh, go to whatever length to get to that question or to, uh, at least temporarily set aside other questions. But admittedly, all the other questions always seem to, to me, be swirling around this question. This what the hell question. Because it's like, I'm trying to, I, I'm always seeing the conditions, always seeing the conditionalities of all these other supposed problems, seeing the way that they're framed and all the uh, assumptions, the underlying bases of problems or even fields of knowledge or knowledge at all, or any kind of assertion that there's something that could be known and by implication, someone or something that could do the knowing. And then there's, that makes two. And uh, <clears throat> the snower could be somehow added to or even completed or if not completed, at least be brought closer towards completion by knowing more. But anyhow, all of this kind of smacks of some kind of pre-existing philosophical framework that maybe doesn't seem immediately self-evident and so has this, I feel this problem now of it's that uh, this these conjectures seeming potentially um, academic or 
suffering from uh, the exact problem that they speak of, of uh, relying on some sort of assumption or pre-existing basis of metaphysics or something like that, that uh, doesn't seem immediately tied to the present in any way that's, uh, you know, seems graspable or evident in quote-unquote lived ex experience. And so uh, I'm going to endeavor in as much as possible to try and correct that. I, I guess what that means is like attempting something like <clears throat> trying to a, an attempt at pursuing some kind of truth that would seem self-evident from the present lived experience without drawing too much on sophisticated webs of meaning that would require some pre-existing conceptual framework or just, you know, uh, and, uh, but even, even saying that, that sentence feels like it, it does what it's trying not to do, and that, uh, I'm using big words and so forth that, um, I wouldn't say inherently mean anything, that these big words, that they're, they're all, uh, still purely referential. They're, they're just pointing at something else, and so maybe I'm trying to get away from something like that, but I'm also not even sure if that's um, a realistic goal or something possible. That is, like, is it possible to um, be saying, saying some kind of pure truth here in the present, or is that not really possible? Is, is this, is, uh, is anything that would seem to be pure truth merely just like, um, a web, you know, between meanings? And, uh, in fact, you know, another thing that I'll say is reflecting on the way that I'm speaking and the things that I have said. One way I could uh, interpret it is as just kind of a long obfuscation of of not knowing, 
um, that is taking something like ignorance or just like not knowing at all what I'm talking about or what's going on and in a sense saying it in a complex sounding way that kind of reforms that not knowing into something like that that resembles knowing that resembles knowledge or resembles something complex or resembles sophistication but is really just a uh, sophistication of not knowing of pure confusion really and so if you if you feel confused you are effectively in the same position as I am so it's like whether you whether it seems like you are understanding the words that I'm saying or not we're effectively at the same place like you can uh we can we can kind of chew on big words or long sentences and um in the in the kind of transitoriness of being referred from one note of meaning to another of making um you know, types of, of transformations that aren't really transformative so much as they are translative. That's kind of what we've been doing here, I think. Just kind of translative, you know? Just, you know, connecting one note of meaning to another meaning and... Um, if, as long as it seems like you, the, the knower, the observer, the individual, um, are kind of within this web of meaning, looking around and moving between different meanings and different words and attempting to understand it in a uh, larger sense, in a more comprehensive way, as long as it kind of seems like there is something larger and more comprehensive that uh, you're in the process of figuring out, then it seems like something like knowledge could be possible or understanding could be possible
but we've like if if I kind of observe how far like what's been said so far it uh it does seem like just kind of a stretched out confusion a continued a continued type of not knowing you know but having having this added um problem to it of There being a process here that that seems to suggest at least two individuals, myself and yourself, and uh, some kind of communication happening, and uh, it feels embarrassing, at least on my side, to keep talking like this because uh, I feel like there's there's a lie being exposed gradually there's a there's a gradual kind of corrosion of the lie of me the uh, it's like a conspiracy um that that is um my identity <clears throat> and probably you know and and uh, your identity as well for sure it's really i think just a conspiracy it's um it true i mean i mean in the truest sense of the word and not not in that like not at, not really in the sense that uh, that there's a vast web of people, other you know other people uh, conspiring together to throw up this illusion of your personal identity. Um, but it's actually deeper than that. It's actually bigger than that. In that it's like all of reality is that, in a sense. Um, but it's like your our our identity is kind of like is that. Hi. How are you doing? Good. But really, I can only implicate myself in this. In uh, like in the, this activity, feels like it's it's perpetuating the lie. Uh, 
but uh, but it's 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 like it's being it's like the activity of the line is uh, kind of being exposed. It seems like as I go on talking here and everything that comes out of my mouth is kind of revealed as stupid or um, just not really saying anything, if you know what I mean. Not getting to anything. And there being this, this, this host of um, potential objections. Like, well, what about... What about our, the specific conditions that allow for this? What about the specific material conditions that allow for this? Isn't that something, you know? Isn't that uh, demarcating difference? Isn't that evidence of difference? You know, I, and I guess it's that I still feel uh, like there's a perspective here. I still feel as if there's a, a perspective being put forth. And I seem to be assuming that there's an alternative possible or like a, a relative... a perspectival perspective possible or something like that which sounds uh very grand like a grandiose possibility that uh seems to be looking towards something else looking for something else looking for um the wholeness that I'm was referring to earlier like uh i as an individual am, am feeling in an uncomfortable way, my individuation and my uh, limitedness that is uh, inherent in being individuated and looking for wholeness, looking for uh, the end of individuation or like the relaxation of individuation into something more whole. And then at the same time, I have kind of this intuitive sense that there's um, there's that that's not quite real that that's that there's uh, not uh, that there's somehow not a real distinction there and so and because of that I feel as if uh, I'm missing something I'm uh, 
that I'm missing something that's uh, right in front of me or something like that is the, the sense that I have. Hello. Good. And I have the sense that uh, if I were somehow um, more morally and spiritually pure, that I'd be able to see it. Have this sense that, um, like there's a, a type of striving activity going on that is somehow preventing um, some experience of let's say, uh, dissipation or relative dissipation or relaxation of uh, the so-called contracted energies that uh, lead to this experience of individuation. But I guess when I say something like th this experience of individuation, um, there, there occur little doubts in the veracity of that characterization of experience or even um, the definition of something like experience. That is, little doubts in, little doubts in uh, the, f the fact of experience. But, um, but then that's not exactly true because it's like, what else, uh, What's more self-evident than that there is experience? I guess that's a, a question. That there's an experiencer. Although, if, we, if I uh, start to try and hone in and isolate the components of experience or the substance of experience. Uh, I'm not sure if I come away with anything solid, you know. Um, at least, at the very least, um, if we're trying to uh, isolate something like experience 
following, you know, linguistic, logical procedures or, or uh, you know, the very kind of basic intellection that we apply to, that, that we seem to be applying to um, everything. It could be the case that uh, that intellection is um, a relativistic type of activity that is, or a translative type of activity that is um, all made of distinctions between different things that are that seem to be components of experience that is you know distinctions such as um self and other self in the world interior exterior or like um you know thought versus sense but i have this uh growing suspicion in the moment that all those distinctions are like divide like dividing up a whole but that that uh that act of distinction or the the activity of logic or the activity of intellection can't quite can't uh, cannot um, really apply to the whole that it's something that that uh, can only exist inside the whole you know it can't it can't get outside of it to look at it it can't, uh, you can't like look at reality from outside of reality. There's no external vantage point possible because if there were an external vantage point that was extant, that did exist, it would by definition be a component of reality and therefore within reality. Therefore, it's like, Dualisms, dualities, like the self and the not-self, the self and other, the self and the world. It's just, is a, you know, a type of, it's, it's still just a type of dividing reality, you know, dividing it up. And that intellection, intellection and linguistic thought 
and uh, I would even go as far as to say sensation are are like the lines are like the borders between things but those lines those borders don't actually intersect the whole you know that they, they uh, those borders don't extend infinitely to fully divide the whole you know it's like they, they have end points they have limits that are within reality this is I don't know I feel very stupid because um, it can I continue to feel as if I'm making declarative statements that imply uh, some kind of knowledge and uh, I don't know I guess that seems to be the the an activity that that has a kind of gravity to towards it that there's a kind of automaticness it seems like to towards this activity of um, trying to assert knowledge trying to uh, understand and and by doing so somehow uh, like solidify something anything solidify a self an identity so I feel so far like everything that I've said is totally worthless totally useless and I do still feel embarrassed of uh, this thing that keeps going on and I, that I, I recognize as kind of a pattern of identity that I recognize as being persistent as a pattern of thought that is a component of a self that wants to that um, has uh, self that, that has selfish motivations namely just to to uh, persist kind of like mimetically or something that uh, wants to wants to spread mimetically by maintaining some kind of illusion of, of knowing something or some some kind of 
image upholding some kind of image of a noble type of inquiry they would like to you know erect a erect a, uh, a beautiful image of itself in your eyes and have this and continue this separation, you know, to, to uh, instill in you a beautiful image of an other being, another person. Perhaps even one that you could aspire towards being like. Which is, which I, I think is like, you know, still this, uh, still just this pattern wanting to reproduce itself, you know? It's whack. It's fake. It's fake. This is fake. There's not anything here. There's nothing good here. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe my bullshit. But the problem keeps going. The, the, uh... The bullshit keeps kind of expanding to... Kind of keep enveloping um, every, every new... permutation or or every new um, attack on itself or something like that as in everything that I witness myself saying uh, I then have this experience of some kind of uh, self that's saying that. And I'm like, fuck that. God fucking damn it. And then even, even every, uh, new perspective that, that gets expressed that is critical of what it's what it sees as the immediately preceding perspective is like fuck that uh, I, you know it's like uh, every um, every new instant is bullshit 
is uh, every every new moment is a new moment of bullshit. Just like a an infinitely um, renewing creation of bullshit moment to moment. Like a, you know, a fake self that is constantly renewing its its fake self, or a new fake self coming online every moment. It's so fake. I'm so full of shit. Always. I'm always so full of shit. This is a long, a long bullshit. But it's, it's all that there is, you know? There's only, there's only fakeness. There's no real, you know, authenticity. It feels like a huge problem. It feels like a huge problem. Just, um, this, uh, like I have this experience that um, somehow I need to continue saying things. And yet everything that uh, seems to be said is feels so alien and disingenuous. Humiliating and kind of lost
or everything that gets said here just perpetuates a lie. But there's no, um, I don't feel um, like there's any way out of it either. Like, uh, well, I guess the way out is um, if I stopped the video. Whoops, I accidentally triggered the camera with my words because it has voice recognition of commands. So I can't say that again. But, you know, if I ceased this particular activity uh, it, well I'm, I'm just kind of projecting you know a possible scenario in my mind I'm projecting a possible other circumstance that could theoretically be brought about by my willpower which would be to um, cease this particular pursuit and um, attempt to involve myself in a more relative a more relativistic framework of, of meaning and purpose, you know, uh, to, to, um, involve myself in a, a goal-oriented way of thinking that would relieve the pressure of humiliation of exposing the lie of who I am because it would put this put it would it would put um the intellection in service of a goal where it would seem as if the decisions to be made were smaller in scope and uh relatively contained within a framework in, in which, you know, decisions could be made in a logical fashion toward a utilitarian goal that would, you know, serve the self that knows, serve the decision maker in Ooh, big black snake. Serve the decision maker. You know, it's like the, the uh, process of decision making and, and intellection would be kind of nicely nicely wrapped up in a package with uh, the functionality and utility of preserving and benefiting the, the decision maker and the knower, you know?
Um, but I know that, I know actually that something like that wouldn't actually be really possible in the long run in that it would require a kind of uh, bounding in of understanding of reality where certain certain uh, meanings would have to go on as assumptions and unquestioned hello so to to put that another way it's like uh It's like the, um, the conception of the individual would have to uh, persist intact as a basis for, you know, that which can be benefited, that which can persist. And uh, all of the parameters in which the uh, by which the individual could be said to be benefited um, would have to be granted real meaning such as you know status um, wealth maybe even something like pleasure um, and uh, or even like corporal corporal uh, persistence like physical uh, continuity through time you know I identification over the course of time <clears throat> all of that and then uh, but as I say that I can recognize I can recognize all of those meanings as a kind of basis for this like as I can recognize all of those processes processes at work or kind of like going along as I kind of mentally extrapolate out of the present moment uh, something like my life you know I think about my life what that is or uh, the past and the future for me and in a, in a way kind of by extension other people in general then uh, what that story consists of does involve something like a body that 
has that persists through time and has specific needs of you know nutrition and water that needs to maintain its equilibrium within certain bounds certain physical bounds and needs to do needs to to act within certain boundaries in order to maintain this equilibrium this physical equilibrium of you know maintaining the right body temperature within certain parameters maintaining enough intake of you know specific substances that allow the metabolic processes to uh, maintain this uh, this corporal self and um, some of the um, means towards those ends some of the means towards the end of maintaining the persistence of this individual uh, extend into types of symbolic interaction with other individuals and society uh, culture um, agreed upon meanings like money uh, the the uh, agreed upon meaning that that uh, money represents an embodiment of energy of sorts or 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 if you want to put it in terms of time or calories that money is is kind of a, a symbolic embody, embodiment of that that we can exchange and uh, therefore it can uh, as kind of this like um, second order emergent phenomenon um, play a part in the the uh, you know sustenance and, and maintenance of the needs of the individual caloric and shelter and otherwise and extending into the cultural and intellectual um, sustenance and um, development you know if, if we are exchanging in ideas and culture and the this um, you know neosphere I'm not sure how you pronounce that this, this uh, world of the mind exchange of 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 um, ideas and thoughts becoming intertwined with you know like economic exchange and playing a role in how the individual navigates society and so forth and so uh, 
there's this there's this story projected out of the present moment of all of that going on of uh, there being those problems to be solved on an ongoing basis of, of you know maintaining the corpus in order to maintain the mind in order to uh, create the conditions for the uh, present form of activity the present form of um, reflection that uh, weirdly enough is now kind of like reflecting on the the, the so-called these so-called like lower order um, levels of existence needed to uh, maintain what's what is being referred to right now as or what's you know kind of being implicitly cast as um, a higher level um, sophisticated category of existence or something um, that which can reflect on its own existence or reflect or uh, some kind of consciousness reflecting on reality uh, at least at least at least uh, attempting towards reflecting on what it conceives of as being uh, reality in a holistic sense and um, <clears throat> and then kind of in the process of kind of categorizing uh, the present experience contained within that is this extrapolation of of other forms of experience that are either either not present right now or are uh, in some way subservient to this experience playing a uh, subservient role to this uh, act of reflection, if you will. You know, the, uh, the purely physical and corporal being subservient to um, mind. And uh, maybe if we're getting that grandiose, like mind being subservient towards uh, something more transcendent than that of um, some kind of pure witnessing thing or transcendence and, and dissipation of mind or something like that. Uh, but uh, I'm saying all of these things 
you know, I'm, I'm making all these categorizations with a million grains of salt because as I say them, it becomes apparent that um, all these categorizations are seem to be kind of dependent on each other, you know, and uh, in another sense aren't inherently real. Like, uh, for instance, like all of these uh, factors that um, I listed off as being involved in the maintain maintenance of uh, a corpus, the persistence of a body, the persistence of the physical. Those are these are all those factors are completely, in a way, dependent on uh, mental categories. A mental category saying that this is this and not that, that uh, this is part of the that you know this is part of a body, and this isn't part of a body. And that, you know, this body is the same body that was before and not some other body. Like another way to say it is that it's it's clear that you know I, I referred to a story of a person that has to do specific things to remain within the boundaries, remain within the you know equilibrium boundaries that permit its continuity through time. But still, I'm aware that all of that is constructed from memory. But I'm, I feel increasingly aware of all of that memory as being something that doesn't exist like outside of the present state, you know, of uh, memory being just another kind of shape of present experience, uh, another kind of manifestation within present experiencing, taking the shape of memory, because it's like, I can, I can look at it and it's like, if I'm not looking too directly or too clearly at it, it's like, Yes, there's a, this web of memories that seems to form the story of myself, of who I was in the past, and uh, 
the choices that I have made that have led up to the present and led to who I am now. Um, but if I, if I actually investigate like any one of those memories, it's like it doesn't exhibit any quality of inherent reality Really, I mean, even even in a, in a sense, like even less so than like present sensory experience, because it's like, what is it, what is even the memory? Like, if I if I look for it, it's like, is there, is it a image? Is it a like a like a visual image? Well, it can't be said to exist as a visual image in the same in exactly the same sense as, uh, say, for instance. Like what I'm presently seeing exists as as a visual image, and uh, it's like I can't locate, you know, like I can't locate in my brain or my mind, or I can't even locate really like in some mind's eye. Like I can't locate a mind's eye exactly, like in the same. Uh, frame of reality that I would say locate uh, the, the uh, physically physical things that I am seeing right now uh, and even if I try to if even if I try to like call forth a memory from the past and hold it I become aware uh, that it's very mutable, that um, it just simply doesn't have any inherent substance to it, like apart from it existing in reality to other memories or uh, thoughts and cessations that are occurring in the present. In fact, it doesn't have any inherent substance beyond It's, it's, it's interactions with other sensations and other aspects of present experience. And uh, we're going to get to talking about more about present experience because uh, I'm kind of using that as a reference to illustrate the insubstantiality of the story of the past this that that uh is what this idea of the persistence of of an individual through time is comprised of i'm becoming increasingly suspect now of the uh this opposing category of experience that I'm referring to as the present. But more about the past. There's more to say that like, you know, it's like I've said all this and you could still say, but yeah, you still had to uh, get up and eat 
and drink water or you wouldn't be able to uh, reflect upon all of this and uh, in one manner of thinking you can say that but uh, in another manner of saying another manner of saying is is something more like is more like the, the, the particular the particular f form of perspective that is manifesting out of reality is appearing in that kind of shape, you know, in that kind of shape of, of, of story. I don't know if that's um, a best way to articulate it. It's uh, like, like the, um, maybe a better way to ar articulate it is that the utter and complete mystery and ungraspable paradox and unknowingness that is reality seems to be taking the shape of an individual with a past and a present and a future. I think there, I feel like there's a better way to word this. Like you can say that the present experience is dependent on particular circumstances. Um, in order, in order to exist, in order to um, support the consciousness, that uh, you could say that particular physical, material circumstances must be present in order to allow for this type of conscious experience that can then reflect upon those physical circumstances. Uh, but you can also kind of think about it in the reverse, 
that the, the reverse being that experience kind of manifest that experience kind of like necessarily manifests in a particularity that it couldn't it could not be otherwise that that um, like experience and individuation are essentially the same thing and it could not be otherwise that they would manifest in such a way that appears to to um, be in a particular state that it, it couldn't be otherwise that it could not be otherwise that an experiencer could manifest without experienced the, the that which is experienced i.e. the world and uh, the world could not manifest without the particular without the specific with what without with what without what appears to be a specific uh, configuration of things including the laws of physics the laws of nature and and so forth hi hey, this is all right it's a wonderful view did you expect this out of new jersey this is fantastic it's uh, all along the trail it's great views like this fantastic yeah And I guess, I guess we could say that in the sense that that uh, like the manifestation of an individual and it's uh, it's it's you know corresponding world that is that which is which is not the individual in the in the sense that neither could manifest without particularity that is like being a certain way as opposed to other ways kind of 
kind of follows that there is along with that this myriad of other perceived manifestations of other individuals and all of their concomitant worldviews. That is, um, to the extent that we are uh, manifested as an individual with a perspective, then we perceive other manifested individuals and their perspectives and uh, differences, small or great, in the worldviews, which is, is... Hello. Potentially, potentially a way of saying that the world is to varying degrees different to different uh, individuals. I mean, it's uh, fairly obvious to say that different individuals have different worldviews and that uh, can conceive of the world um, to varying degrees differently. I mean, particularly concerning the the like kind of grand narratives of metaphysics of what the world actually is and how it came into being and that sort of thing and what the individual's role and meaning within that is that seems to be the the type of thing that there's that there's a lot of difference in and that of course all of all of those other perspectives are not as accurate as our own that our own worldview is almost by definition the realist one that uh, because it's inherently, it's in, intractably linked with who we are as um, an individuated perspective, because there is this, um, there's kind of this like syntactical mirroring, uh, a, um, between interior and exterior. That is, who we consider ourselves to be uh, has um, this kind of symmetric relationship to what we consider the world to be.
and to the extent that we define something or someone as being other than ourselves, as being not ourselves, we're kind of ascribing a different reality to that subjectivity, you know. It's like there's this question of intersubjectivity that seems to be a big question here of, okay, but how come there seems to be widespread agreement um, on certain aspects of reality? Why is there such a thing as scientific consensus about certain things or shared common sense, shared language and all kinds of things that are shared between a huge number of people. Doesn't that kind of suggest the existence of an objective physical world within which um, all these minds exist and that's one that's a, you know one way of that's like a you know a way of conceiving it but uh at the same time it's also a mode of it's it's also could be thought of as The act of perceptual discernment of experience, that is, experience in, in, its, in its gravitation towards manifesting as a something, uh, uh, because it, it, it's kind of like gravitationally repelled out of the nothing that it is, that is, non-experience is um, so non-experience being so kind of profoundly paradoxical that um, it kind of definitionally necess necessitates its own obfuscation and therefore manifestation into an apparent something, an apparent um, existence that has these two aspects of a knower and a known. So I'm just kind of describing this sort of gravitational pull, if you will, toward manifestation into, into the many, the manifold. But... Um, It's like this, this apparent recognition of consensus reality or intersubjective reality. That is, why are there many subjects who seem to agree to a large extent on um, an objective world? Uh, this is actually just 
a pattern kind of recognizing itself, a, the, the act of recognition occurring the most readily between like subjectivity. Um, that is, there's, there's an illusory subjectivity manifesting and what that subjectivity can most readily identify or recognize as being close to itself or similar to itself or like itself is, you know, the, um, these, these other patterns of existence that appear in its, in its illusory objective reality that, that seem to suggest other subjectivities that resemble it itself. <clears throat> but never completely, right? It's always looking for the other subjectivity that most fully resembles it so completely that, that it, it, uh, it can merge with. So, you know, you're looking for your perfect mate who knows you so well that the two of you merge identities and uh, there, there would be this kind of um, confirmation of, of your subjectivity in a way and therefore confirmation of, of objectivity and, and this kind of uh, in a sense like um, confirmation of, of existence of the, of the knower and the known. And then, you know, we, we seek, we, we perceive and seek out that kind of pattern resonance, um, in all degrees, like looking for friends and people that we relate with well and pe people that we agree with and uh, points of views articulated that we agree with that confirm or, or resonate with uh, <clears throat> our particular worldview. And then by degrees, there are, we perceive things that differ, that, uh, that, um, and it's in a sense, still, we still define ourselves against, but in the oppositional sense of people that say we disagree with fundamentally on, in our worldview, that, uh, we perceive them in a sense as being wrong or mistaken or incorrect. Uh, or maybe we just, maybe we grant them a little more and say we profoundly disagree on what we think the world is like. And uh, therefore we, we are two very different types of subjectivity or two different patterns or forms or, or of of manifested subjectivity and then it goes further than that and we see something that you know in in ways 
that differ in all sorts of ways. So like beings, non beings that are not the same species of being as us. Um, we recognize forms of intelligence that we tend to consider as lesser, uh, uh, like lower forms of intelligence. We, and it is not coincidental that we perceive ourselves as the highest form of intelligence that we are presently aware of. I mean, some people might disagree with that, but, um, you can't kind of, you can't disagree with that, um, our own, what we consider to be our, the shape of our own subjectivity, that is our intelligence, um, is kind of necessarily the measure by which we evaluate any other form of intelligence. It's like necessarily the lens through which we could even recognize um, something that we would call intelligence or the absence of thereof or the or difference thereof that is we perceive other animals uh, either explicitly or kind of implicitly as existing in this uh, on this hierarchy this moral hierarchy of how how much intelligence and how much complexity of subjectivity do these other beings possess and that you know determining in very um, consequential ways uh, our morality and our attitudes towards treating other beings so it's like if you had the if you were forced in a in a trolley car dilemma whether to uh, pull the lever and make the trolley car uh, run over a dog or a human um, you know most people don't want this would not want to make this decision but uh, most would say that the morally correct decision would be to run over the dog maybe other people would disagree because they're um, <clears throat> they're kind of anti-human in a way and consider the dog more pure and a, a better, uh, more pure uh, moral being or something like that, but uh, I would consider that maybe kind of a distortion. Um, because generally, most people would recognize something of a dog's subjectivity, um, you know, it being mammalian and obviously having emotions that we can recognize and having traits that we can recognize as being similar to our own and uh, as often being desirable, maybe not always desirable, maybe not every trait is always desirable of a dog's, but uh, it having many traits that we can at least cultivate and uh, take companionship in and so on and so forth. Um, a, a kind of a mammalian emotional companion that would uh, that um, exhibits traits such as devotion and, and so forth uh, that we like but we would also agree that a dog in a sense 
lacks certain um, intellectual capabilities that humans do have. It can't speak English, you know, maybe it can understand some commands, but uh, uh, just the general point is that the dog can't get a job and pay the bills. Um, or uh, carry on a philosophical conversation or solve math problems and, and so to speak and so forth. And so we would we would we would you know assign a dog explicitly or implicitly a certain place in a hierarchy of of, of being, of subjectivity that's not, that's lower than human, that's not as close to our own shape as human, but is uh, closer than, say, a fly, where a fly would be much lower on this hierarchy, which you can illustrate by if you have a trolley car dilemma where you're faced to choose between the trolley car killing a dog or killing a fly. Almost anyone would kill the fly. And then further, if you, if you had, were faced between, you know, killing an insect and killing a, a plant or something, most people, I guess, would, you know, an individual in insect or an individual plant, I think most people would recognize that the probably say something like the insect has something that uh, somewhat more closely resembles what we consider to be subjective experience than a plant and like it, it getting into a fuzzy territory there hi Like there being uh, this kind of fuzzy boundary to um, to then like what we would ascribe subjectivity to or not. Like uh, it's like in general we would ascribe some form of some form of subjectivity to most animals. And uh, in general, we might not really subscribe subjectivity to plants, although there might be some question there. Like, there might be some science experiments that, that uh, demonstrate some form of plant intelligence or perception. And, uh, and so there, there's the question there, but it's, um, I think, not controversial to say that the type of perception or subjectivity that we can ascribe to a plant would be necessarily one fairly alien and foreign to ourselves, very different from ourselves. And, uh, I mean, and then if, if one kind of continues to extend this, we, we could kind of extend this all the way into 
what we would consider the inanimate matter and then you get into uh, the debate around panpsychism um, this idea of subjectivity being a or I mean like it's there's a uh, there there's tricky concepts that are kind of loaded and have different interpreted meanings like consciousness uh, that can perhaps be a boundary towards communicating this but panpsychism as I understand it being this uh, idea that subjectivity is uh, an aspect of all of reality that uh, in, in my conception of it has um, that, that kind of only differs in its kind of like manifested sophistication uh, that kind of emerges in different formulations of matter. So we, we can kind of imagine subjectivity existing alongside the quality of existence or, or objectivity having any existence and uh, through emergent phenomena subjectivity uh, taking on uh, myriad complex forms and shapes one of which happens to be human experience And I would say that every, every particular form of that subjectivity that, that uh, aspect of seeing, that aspect of, of interiority, of, of witnessing would have this would have this this um sen this at this aspect of centrality to itself of um you know it's like uh to the extent that you are individuated as as a human subjectivity uh, an experiencing human then it's like that humanness, that that uh, quality of your experience, that shape of your experience, kind of would kind of naturally and and automatically have its act of seeing be be kind of centralized around around uh, the image of itself hello How you doing? good or another way of putting it is 
if humans are evaluating other subjectivities on by the scale of humanness then we could also assume that a rabbit is evaluating other subjectivities on the on the uh, scale of rabbitness it's like by definition what a rabbit is what that which could be identified as a rabbit is not going to have is going to have different um, a different kind of shape of subjectivity than that of a human and say we can tell that a rabbit perceives a human in some way but it obviously it's like whether the whether there whether or not there's any value judgment involved in there the rabbit would necessarily kind of perceive human in terms of its rabbitness and indeed when we when we perceive everything in terms of our selfness Um, it's kind of like, uh, it's also, you know, in, in service or, or, or disservice to ourselves, or let me put that another way. Um, it's always relating to the utility for ourselves. It's always relating to the, uh, persistence of the manifestation of ourselves that is like this this uh, act of perceiving even the act of and and let's uh just extend that to like every category of experiencing and in our case let's say you know sensation perception conception You know, and and let's just say let's just say for the sake of argument that that those three categories uh, comprise all of our experience: sensation, perception, conception. You know, the the that which is sensed and thoughts as well, and all mental experience, all forms of experience. All of that is is directly in service of the experiencer, in a sense. Like, it's, in a sense, it's not even really possible to sense, perceive, and, or conceive without it, without any of that which is sensed, perceived, and conceived being re- relating to the self and its persistence and, and, you know, the utility to the self. The, uh, 
the usefulness to to the self the it's like everything that we th sense and think about is about is it useful or is it a threat to us or is it irrelevant or how could it be potentially utilized by us uh, to perpetuate the sense that to perpetuate the perceiver and this even even boils down I, I would say this even like extends down to the trippy aspects of quantum mechanics in, in which the uh, the observer is crucially implicated in the in in uh, the system of reality where in which you know matter cannot quite be said to exist independent of observation And yet, you know, within the within the uh, extent of our worldview, we can conceive of other beings that would not even have a concept of matter. You know, they would not even have a concept of metaphysics of what exists or not exists, other than to its usefulness. Like like if we're kind of attributing the cognitive functions of an animal, like a reptile. For example, uh, we we can only attribute to the reptile uh, the the sort of cognitive categories that uh, directly relate to uh, the reptile's um, continued existence. That is, like, what is potential food? What is a potential predator? Um, when is my when is my body too cold? When is my body too hot? Uh, what is a mate? How do I mate? You know, and that sort of thing. And so it's like, insofar as our, insofar as our experience insofar as uh we there's a there's this individuating shape to our experience there exists uh a type of there there appears to exist a type of natural hierarchy not uh a hierarchy of power or domination but a hierarchy of how much another subjectivity resembles one's own and how versus differs from one's own. But uh, my, my point here is to kind of demonstrate that 
that uh, that apparent hierarchy is only kind of a a a function of it's it's kind of like a, a function of the manifestation of reality into um, the specific into individuals into the manifold and in so being that is is only conditional only relativistic and can only even be said to exist in a relativistic way. And can only can only be said to exist as um, one completely particular um, sort of stratification of reality into you know a, a, a particular instantiation that is bounded both you know is bounded in every way is bounded temporally and and spatially um, which is a weak way of talking about it um, it's in fact that boundedness that is uh, throwing up this illusion of temporality and and spatiality um, the the uh, it's kind of natural gravitation towards its own centrality or, or centeredness um, the this it's it's that self centrality of the particular manifestations of man the manifold that throw up this uh, illusion, if you will, of temporality and spatiality. And, and I say illusion, but, but it's also, you know, in a sense, like, as real as it is experienced, but uh, can, be, can be perceived through, if you will, or, or to some extent, um, the, they're... they're it's possible to uh, kind of experience the the transparency or permeability um, or or dissipation of these uh, these aspects of separation that are temporal temporality and and spatiality uh, into per perceived into the um, A, um, a type of relative absence of manifestation, a, a type of relative absence of individuation, of, um, of centrality, uh, to where um, there's um, a relative absence of perspective. I mean, to, but uh, it's, uh, you can never get fully there. It's not... 
it's not like a that's not like a stable um, state that's achievable really because it it is it is equivalent to non-existence which is you know inherently an unstable and paradoxical uh, concept like just you you cannot have a not being you know and which is why the uh, why this apparent manifold reality seems to exist even though when looked at uh, closely doesn't really exist or doesn't exist um, you know inherently and, and with substance and so it's like uh, from this relativistic, from this relativized, individuated perspective, uh, it's possible to kind of posit or, um, at least kind of, to some extent, like, temporarily, um, conceive of or, or extrapolate out of the perspective to an a perspectival, you know, like a, a non-perspective. But it's, you can maybe sense the looming paradox in what I'm saying and that no one can actually experience that. No one can experience not being one, you know, not being an individual. No one can experience the absence of experience. Um, but one can kind of, I guess, uh, but then, and then paradoxically also, you can't, you also aren't, can't and aren't experiencing individuation. Like you, you can't, uh, hammer that down, you know, you can't grab that as something substantial. You can't, uh, it's, that is always, uh, this transitory mirage as you, as you must know, you know, the, that, that, uh, the transitoriness and, and the, the, um, absence of, of the individual as something, as, as a, you know, complete entity as a substantial entity uh, is manifest in, in every single aspect of experience and, and that you can plainly see in a sense it's, it's just like the quest to complete yourself the um, problem of mortality the the uh, pro all the problems um, referred to before of uh, how to maintain the persistence of self and the inevitable impossibility of that, um, the the uh, in, the um, inescapability of constant and fundamental changingness of what is possible to be. Is is all of that is is. Uh, is purely this 
this this non-being manifesting itself, you know, as the incomplete individual. This non-experience manifesting itself as the experience of living uh, and, like, you know, life uh, being kind of definitionally a problem because it's inextricably tied to death and, and uh, the cessation of... Um, the sensation of the continuity of anything recognizable as the self. It's like the, you know, the, the two are, are completely and perfectly um, manifest in each other. That is non-being and, and being. And uh, from the current perspective, it seems that absolutely everything is, without exception, included in uh, what I'm describing as that dynamic, that uh, kind of paradoxical... Um, Intercontainment, or something like that, however you want to say it. All of the, um, you know, everything that I can kind of mentally categorize as, categorize as ordinary life. Everything that everything that constitutes what I referred to as the story of the individual And it's like, uh, you know, it's like, from one perspective, it, it's like, seems like there's this, there's this time, there's this time in which the individual goes along and lives its life uh, in this linear fashion from birth to death or, you know, past the birth to present moment and pres present moment future towards undetermined cessation of being that which is currently recognized as something continuous and there there and then you know 
you extrapolate this quality of temporality to the rest of the world and um, we form this picture of a world that existed before we were born and continues to exist after we die and that uh, has contained and will contain other subjectivities more similar or, or less similar sim similar or different to that of our own and uh, there being this kind of natural drive towards towards um, you know wanting to uh, perpetuate the things that constitute one's subjectivity if you if you will like even if there even if there's some kind of acceptance that okay I'm going to die my body's going to die and uh, the like continuity of all the stuff that makes me who I am is going to die is going to you know disintegrate and and stop being um, it kind of in a sense forces you to uh, <clears throat> well it kind of it kind of um, frustrates that that gravity towards um, persistence of the self you know that that reckoning with mortality with death um, and it drives it towards other goals of say you know what if I can't persist what of me what parts of me could possibly persist in the world after I'm gone and uh, you know forces me to recognize what what aspects of myself would I desire to to persist in the world after I'm gone and I guess naturally I mean maybe it's like I can see framing this in either an altruistic or a selfish frame. The selfish one being what qualities of that I can identify as being me or part of me or at least, you know, like inextricably related to me have the most likelihood of surviving. What are what is the most uh, resistant to change? What is the most um uh, dynamic and and uh, surviving of all the uh, changing circumstances of the world that will inevitably change over time <clears throat> and uh, compels me to look at the aspect of myself that is in a, in a sense the most transcendent because of that what what is the aspect of being that's the most transcendent of all of the uh, conditions of the world, all of the transient conditions? What persists in spite of them all? And uh, from, from the current perspective, it's, it's something like 
it's it's that which I feel is uh, seems to be most readily accessed and stimulated and brought online um, by the present form of activity. That is like you know this um, process of an extended uh, exposure. Uh, at least a kind of like exposure of linguistic thought over a period of time in which uh, the structures of thought and the structures of meaning and the structures of identity that are, are that are um, de- you know conditional dependent conditionally dependent on uh, You know, other structures, other webs of meaning or something, other conditional um, circumstances, uh, and in, in so being are kind of fragile, um, seem to get exposed through this, like, process of um, extreme to mild purgation through... Um, Humiliation, embarrassment, embarrassment of the limit, limitedness, limitedness, limitation of certain aspects of the self, and uh, being at least you know in the at least temporarily in the process of this kind of burned off through that through that humiliation in in the in the fire of uh reflection or or i mean like pressurized by this public exposure if you will of like talking continuously in a public way um to the extent that that i become public property as Thomas Merton once put it. I mean, let me let me not get too uh, pious sounding here. Um, but uh, it it at least kind of like it putting a pressure towards um, it 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 kind of like pressurizing experience towards that which is uh which which survives all this exposure that uh survives the reflection ways of thinking i guess or or maybe maybe it's even maybe all it is really is the mode of um exposure the mode of communication like being in communication in uh in in one sense in a very um obvious fact of existing in in uh some kind of semblance of a intersubjective state that is like there are apparently there is apparently a, a communion of some degree 
of subjectivities occurring here, which uh, evident, which is evident by um, your your registering of this, your experience of this. And uh, that having immediately a uh, a bridging across temporalities that that um, in in kind of a weirdly obvious way kind of transcends temporality in the fact that okay I'm saying this now and you are hearing this now. And obviously it's not the same now and just in a, in a very kind of ordinary everyday way uh, pointing to the the manifoldness of uh, perceived temporalities Um, but also pressurizing experience towards that which I hope is the most relatable or the most communicable like the the kind of least specific even if you know the means through which it's communicated is a specific language and um kind of inevitably involves perspective, you know, I guess. But, uh, it's like pressure. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, another way of saying it is that it's like, this is like corrosive to experience. That is corrosive to individuated experience. In a way. Not that that's really, you know, not that it eliminates anything, you know? Not that it, not that it puts anything to an end. Not that, that, not that it reaches any kind of end. In fact, I can just as, as much say that it is uh, an immersion in 
in the endlessness, in the endless limitation of individuated experience, immersion in it. Um, via the, the, the kind of temporary, um, temporary removal of like the, the sort of like manifold, um, identity reifying frameworks uh, that would seem to constitute ordinary life. Um, although, of course, you know, when I say that, it's like, um, that's a bold and potentially suspicious claim to make in that it could also be said that this is, in fact, a, this very exercise is a identity reifying practice, or in fact, or potentially even a total indulgence thereof. still, in a sense, um, there's still the same kind of quality to reality as I can remember talking about towards closer to the beginning of this video of um, this problematic feeling of continuing as an identified person, you know? This problematic continuity of the person. But, uh, which I can also remember a uh, relaxation of that problem, you know, a um, or at least uh, at least the distraction from it uh, in in the um, 
total involvement with the activity. And the um, having the experience of that which is limited and recognizable as the personality and uh, and which is embarrassing uh, interface in a more comprehensive way with um, something that's bigger and unknown, you know? The, uh, the unknown kind of, uh, opening, like a vacuum, really, like vacuuming out your computer case or something like that. Or, uh, like a spaceship opening its bay door to suck out all the bad air or something. Or, not just bad air, but, like, accumulation of stuff. involves some amount of purging. But there's no... There's no end reach, reached, you know. And, and that's just the most basic... aspect. You know? Like time, all it is is like, I mean, all it is is a funny way to say it. Just this, um, like you could, you could, you could take time as the just most direct, uh, evidence of the insubstantiality of everything. Like that, there's time. That there's time is like evidence that there is nothing. That, uh, even like, even a perceived persistence of something like, you know, whatever uh, the most solid thing we can kind of reference whether that be these rocks or the earth as a whole or a universe or whatever we could possibly conceive of as being unchanging through time. Maybe it's, you know, whatever, maybe it's some aspect of consciousness that you hold, hold to or something like that.
all of that can only be for one thing it's like we can't hammer it down we can't uh it's like even just kind of philosophically the concept of something infinite <clears throat> kind of really really just like rubs up against the concept of time in a in a weird way like the concept of something infinite even if it's like even if it's like the imaginary um line of time you know like even if uh we're saying like all of reality or, or like uh, even if we're saying like let's say the universe let's say we're saying that there there's a, a non-infinite universe a, a temporally finite universe then we're we're kind of defining time as this thing that can only extend in imagination beyond to the beginning and the end of the universe because if there's not you know any reality before or after the universe and, and I'm just I'm just kind of defining the universe in this argument as all of reality all of that which is real if it has a beginning and, and an end like what status then is like time before or after the end of that like does it have any status at all and i would say no because like the to the extent that it has any status uh you have to extend the concept the de you have to extend the definition of reality to include it so if we're saying if we're saying reality is temporally bounded then we're necessarily saying that time is is temporally bounded and that you know if it's if it's temporally bounded then it's like um the perception of of a linear temporality is is uh just a problem of perspective a problem of perception a problem of limitation of perception that to the extent that it could all be perceived then it all exists at once and you know temporality eliminates itself but then like it's like kind of the same thing with reality at all like um even if we're saying like reality as something being infinite well that's that's something that's definitionally not graspable not cognizable Uh, and and so like the 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 positing of any any sort of infinity is a positing of a type of objectivity 
a type of objective world that could never be perceived. The Nick could never be fully perceived. Or I'm kind of saying that it's it's complete perception would be definitionally definitionally its own um, eradication, or that the 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 complete knowing of reality would be definition definitionally the uh, extinguishment of reality. And that it necessarily exists both ways. That is, that is, at the same time, there is no reality, which is the same as saying there's perfect knowing of everything, always. There's always perfect understanding of everything to the extent that there isn't anything because the knower and the known are one, lose any distinction and therefore there there is an pure absence of manifestation there's pure absence of anything and at the same time there's this this there's this necessary manifold manifestation of all of the somethings all of the all of the myriad somethings that seem potentially knowable but can't ever be all known and like the proliferation of a myriad limited knowers who all can seemingly know a lot but can never know everything And this, like, it's like, at the same time, there's no time, no space, no matter, no consciousness. And there's time, space, matter, consciousness, knowers, and and known. Apparently. But never completed. Never substantiated. Never solidified always only in transit in in relation to another node always another it's always um it's like a uh texture of nothing
like time seeming long only in in its only in the the um the illusoriness of it time seeming to be and seeming to be long and unknowable only in in uh as as kind of like the the um The, the the that's like the symmetry of the knower the it's like that's the symmetry of the limit limitedness of the knower times expanse space's expanse is uh, a uh, symmetry of the the uh profound mind boggling limitation of the knower to know is symmetrical with the expanse of space symmetrical with the the horizons of knowledge that we feel like we're always on you know So just like, yeah, I don't know, uh, like conceiving of the particulars of one's experience as, as really being just kind of uh, an aspect of, of limitation. Uh, or um, the 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 surface the surface of one's individuation the surface of the separation from the whole and it all in fact being an interface if you want it to be if you want to perceive it that way all all aspects of your experience you have the option of perceiving them as the interface with the whole of reality as being the connection the the if you if you want to treat it that way it's like the boundary but it's also the the interface
and it's it's just it's the it's particular because it has to be particular because that's the nature of manifestation because that's the the that's what is necessary for nothingness, you know? For for nothingness to be for nothingness to to be nothing. There's got to be something and there's got to be particular particular seeming somethings. But like when I say particular seeming, it's because the particularity of it is always in transition. It's always transitory and can never be hammered down. All knowledge being relativistic and all aspects of experience being also being the same way sensation you know being in a way that, that just this this uh, sensation and perception like being also conceptually created as you know conceptually thrown up as this the the interface between the self and the other that's like um you know the try to say the most obvious truth of well if i if i hit my finger with a hammer it hurts and if i hit the nail with a hammer it doesn't hurt and that's the boundaries of me that's the difference between myself and other uh but then there being this possibility to go into that sensation even of even sensations of pain that seem so clearly like boundaries and uh experience them also as the interface also as connection also as the connection you know you can uh, sit there and, and observe very closely, um, focusing on your um, touch sensations. You know, what, what would appear to be the boundaries of your body. And focus on them for a long time until that story of that story about the, that sensation drops off and, and uh, you realize it's a fuzzy boundary. It's, it's so fuzzy that it's in fact only continuity. That in fact the action of perception is in fact the action of continuity between the, 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 so, the, the apparent self and the apparent world. It is, it's the And all of that, all of that sensation, even even like visual perception, 
we uh, erect this conceptual story that there's a seer that sees through the bridge of vision, through through the uh, sensory inputs of the eyes and the uh, visual areas of the brain decoding sensory information about the world in order to show it, show the world to the individual. And that being, you know, this direct evidence of the difference between the self and the world, that which sees and that which is seen. Well then, you can also observe even this um, activity of seeing. Just observe seeing. Observe the uh, visual field. Try to locate um, the edges of the visual field, if you can. And what is at, what? Obviously, we can't see everything at once. So, what actually lies beyond? What lies outside of the visual field? Is there? What is there? Like a black? Uh, Is it black outside of what we can see? Or is it just not perceived or not perceivable? Is it just nothing? Uh, what is this visual field? Where, like, where does it exist? You know, in relation to us. Where, where is the seer that sees this visual field exactly located? Is it somewhere behind the eyes, inside the skull? And then, can you actually see your own skull? Have you actually seen your own head? That, you know, that, that question. Have you actually seen your head? You've seen a reflection of it in a mirror, you'll say. But you haven't seen your own head. You've seen an image of what you think to be your own head. Existing out there in the world. And so another way of, of actually perceiving is for this perception to be reality in, in the sense of it having, you know, you, you, can, you can posit the, the exterior world and the interior world as just being the two ends of a reality that is just the perception. But then, you know, it's like the perception only would have, has, has only has any substance we could say like between things between two other entities and then we identify those entities as being non-entities or being you know dependent entities and then we you know we only kind of we never arrive we only just get into this uh never-ending web of interdependency for everything that would seem to exist But you can do it, you know, just very observationally by observing any 
if if there's some aspect of experience that seems to uh, be a component of yourself or would seem to be evidence of the self existing apart from the world, just observe it, try to isolate it and observe it very closely with intention with you know with attention and give it that attention and see if it still seems to persist to exist as anything inherent or is it actually slippery or is it actually um, a mirage that was you know only in transit or only seemed to arise in relation between two other apparent aspects So, you know, apparent, like, apparent reality always um, arising between, uh, like, two polarities that seem to need each other. <clears throat> like something, you know, like, like my, uh... Hello. Good. Mm hmm Congratulations. Well, just a day hike. Day hike, okay. Yeah. Are you on a long one? Section. 200 uh -huh. miles to the Boiling Springs. How long will that take? Uh, seven to eight days. Awesome. The rocks are slowing me down, so I might have to reach out the Uh-huh. Anyway, God bless you on your day hike. Likewise, have a great trip. So for instance, just like the the sensation of my corporality, like my my body, like the um, the perceived reality of my body um, intensifying you know with uh, with the perceived disequilibrium, let's say like getting hungry or tired or something like that. Um, 
the 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 hunger itself or the tiredness itself um, being this like kind of arising as this like uh disequilibrium between inner and outer that is like uh a um this it's like a, a motivated state is is coming up that's going to influence behavior towards seeking the the uh object of those desires so seeking food or rest and an intensification of the of the real the reality of um the objects of that desire and their their corresponding internal states you know and then that like but then uh like one can one can imagine that uh there's a limit to that persistence like uh conceivably one could starve themselves to death and conceivably people do starve to death and uh there being i guess like i guess i'm only kind of projecting here but then but death in some respect being a type of relief of that disequilibrium at least you know at least for that localized incidence of an individual but then along with along with death being you know i'm i'm imagining A, sense, a, a, a cessation of absolutely everything that would constitute an individuated subjectivity yet in, a, in the same sense it's like that's that that they're still being potentially uh lasting effects in the for other subjectivities you know it's like the the absence of one particular subjectivity um becoming a real reality for any subjectivity that was closely linked with it you know what i mean friends and families What am I saying here? I don't know. I 
I guess I'm just saying some version of eat when you're hungry and sleep when you're tired. Woo, buddy, look at that Luna moth. Just a little um, aside for you people listening to the audio version. There's this vibrantly green and red, I think this is a Luna moth on this tree. Wow. What an amazing creature. Temporary break from understanding things for a moment. But I guess, you know, it's like uh, that thing of um, trying to extrapolate our own subjectivity into uh, something that is different from us, but not completely different, you know? And then, you know, it's like, uh, this thing, this, uh, moth might be very close to death if, if not already dead, you know? It could be one of these, it could be an animal that has a very short lifespan. But it's beautiful nonetheless, and then... You know, is it like, is it sad that it dies? And it's like, maybe like, in some way, uh, relatively sad if it's, if it's dying as opposed to if it were vibrant and had its, had the best years of its life ahead of it or something like that. There's like a, a relative sadness and then... But then an ultimate, ultimately, it's just like all of it, including its existence at all and its death, is all just completely part, you know, of the mystery.
of existing and non-existing at the same time. Whatever, I don't know. It's like, uh, I feel this action. I, I feel this um, temptation towards the sublime, towards an aesthetic of uh, sublime right now and uh, feel very suspicious of it. It's like, it, like it's not necessary. to talk about anything beautiful, you know? Or to go after anything beautiful. It's like, it, it just feels like uh, all that's merely shaping, you know, just shaping the contents of experience, just just twisting it, just twisting reality. Uh, and um, having this increasing inclination, uh, uh, an increasing disinclination towards creating like uh, types of magnetic poles, mag magnetic attractors within experience. Like, uh, this increasing disinclination to, uh, make something beautiful and attractive. Or, or even to make any, you know, form of knowledge or understanding beautiful or attractive. Knowing that it's all, you know, one, it's all just twisting something one way or another, and it's arbitrary. It's like, you know, particularity will continue to manifest one way or another, and, uh, you know, everything's, everything's some zero, not in the competitive sense, just like the, uh, the boundary of all boundaries is zero. If you add up all distinctions, if you add up all knowledge, you come to nothing. If you add up all the sum of all your experiences and supposed knowledge or wisdom or, or whatever, you get zero. Add up, you know, all the experience of your life at the end it's zero, you know? So, like, this disinclination towards being... Towards giving a shit about particular experiences, you know? I mean, I'll still eat when I'm hungry. And, uh... Sleep when I'm tired. But increasingly... Increasingly, you know, perceiving... The, the pushes and pulls of experience as always evening out with each other. 
like you can't escape that you can't just like gain something you know you can't just grasp something and and uh add it to yourself without pulling from somewhere else you know without creating a deficit somewhere else that you have to you'll have to uh pay back uh in this life or another you know what i'm saying in this in the scheme of a temporality in the grand scheme of a perspectival non-existence it's all some zero and you can't just take shit know what I'm saying without paying you pay for your pleasures but still you know it's like on the same token it doesn't mean uh on the same token, it's like equally pointless to be um, a martyr. Or an uh, ascetic or whatever. Just, you know, eat when you're hungry, sleep when you're tired. You have an experience, whatever, you had an experience. It's an experience. It's actually not, you know? It's like not even. It's not even that. It's not even a big deal. It's not, nothing, nothing's a big deal. Except, you know, relatively speaking. You know, like nuclear war. Relatively speaking, that's a big fucking deal. But ultimately speaking, it's not a big deal. But, you know... In, a sen in the same sense, we can only speak relativism. Like, relativism is all that is, is uh, real, so to speak. It's relatively real. Nuclear war. You know, it's like very relatively real. Or a relative big deal, you know, compared to other shit. That's relatively not a big deal. And then in the scheme of things, nothing's a big deal. Or everything's the same deal. Which is no deal at all.
but you can't win. But you also can't lose. We're entering into the kind of like a narrative symmetrical side of this walking and talking in which it, uh, it devolves from sublime seeming shit to uh, really banal sounding shit and we're you know reminded of the bullshit aspect of everything including this Where we remember that whatever it might, whatever whatever uh, clarity or perspective or transcendence we would, it might it, we might be tempted to feel like we've gained through this process is no more than bullshit. That it doesn't hold. It doesn't last. It doesn't persist. It doesn't add to our being. It doesn't solve any problems. just a different shape of bullshit. It's just a, another goddamn thing to occupy your subjectivity, to occupy your consciousness. I'm effectively occupying you right now. You've been occupied, sucker. 
I got you. I got in there. I got your attention. Sucker. I'm uh, effectively as as I speak, as you listen or even hear or perceive, to the extent that you perceive this, I'm effectively perpetuating my memes throughout space and time. Sucker. But, um, maybe, maybe in some instances it's like relatively benevolent. If, if, uh, if there's also some effect of like feeling like for you, some like, uh, you know, like this is having some effect of. Making you occupy yourself. Occupy yourself. Sucker. Or if you feel like you're talking to yourself. If uh, listening to this feels like talking to yourself, then... <clears throat> Then something. Or if you feel uh, absorbed in, in such a way. That you feel as if The uh, uncomfortable, the uncomfortably individuated uh, aspects of yourself are uh, given some, a little fresh air. But you know, it's a question. Is uh is this is listening to this would you say um your calling in life? Is this what you were put on this earth to do? It's okay, it can be part of it. It can be an aspect. I listen to shit. I listen to other people blabbering. And I recognize their limitation. And I recognize their individuation. I recognize the limitation of their individuation. That is, you know, an inherent part of... inherent aspect to intersubjectivity and as being inextricably also an aspect of the unknowable 
non-existent nothingness doing its thing non-existing the you know the nothingness non-existing by having there be something and then you listen to you know whoever blabbing doesn't it hardly even matters who or what they're saying it's all saying the same thing which is nothing it, hard, it, it hardly even matters you know so maybe it relatively matters for like a, you know purposes when you got purposes then something matters Like me, I have, I have a purpose, you know, to, uh, get more famous and, uh, become rich someday in the future, some, some day far in the future and, uh, have, uh, wide, widespread acclaim and recognition. That's why I do this. It's all, it's all part of that purpose. You know? Uh, and why not go for... Uh, why not go for uh, the most, you know, atemporal um, type of recognition of, like, talking in a way that's so fucking long and boring and hard to listen to uh, that essentially just essentially you know just amounts to filling time just filling time in the internet that's essentially what this is hearkening forward towards um the uh, the atemporal time of you know universal um, AI recognition of all internet content. It's like I'm talking to you, uh, the super consciousness. You know, I'm talking to you, uh, this like um, sup I'm talking to the super organism of, you know, my future 
you your present your your eternal present your eternal atemporal you know uh timeless witnessing uh being all comprehensive you know edging into nothingness I'm talking that you know that's the kind of posterity that I'm going for infinite aka infinite posterity i.e. non-existent you know it's like uh, everything I mean in a sense in a sense everything has perpetual infinite posterity in the big nothing in the big non-existence everything everything is uh, imprinted nothing's lost because everything is equally lost So you don't have to worry, you know, you can, um, you don't have to worry about, um, temporal recognition of your morality and virtue, which is, you know, obviously a, a, a limited scope of a framework, obviously the value system in which anything resembled moral upstandingness and sainthood is a limited relativistic human framework that is in itself transient and you know subject to the purgation of the grand nothing And so if you want you can you can bypass that whole framework and get straight to you know subjecting yourself to the purgation of the nothing just get straight to it mortification you know be the fucking underground man if you want be you know you're you are free to be reviled in your time in in your time you know nothing is lost how you doing today great how are you good thank you hi You know, just like extra. Why don't? It's like go ahead and uh, extrapolate the morality of man.
to its endpoint, which is a non-endpoint, which, you know, pretty much, if you ask me, you know, would suggest being a bastard, would suggest being a piece of shit, in a sense. Not in, not, not in such a graspable way, but being totally useless. Being totally useless to man. You know, submit yourself to the highest order, which is none at all. You know, obey nothing but, you know, your, your function in, in reality, which is essentially a non-function because there isn't, because, you know, we talked about what this word reality means. And wouldn't you be, you know, aren't you compelled to do nothing but that? It's like anybody who's taking seriously uh, even the morality of, of people, of society. It's like if you're taking it seriously, you have to extrapolate, you know, beyond society. You know, and it, it keeps, it keeps us extrapolating beyond morality, you know, beyond truth or beauty or anything like that. Just nothing, you know, be nothing, do nothing, you know what I mean? In the, in the most forthright sense. Basically, I'm just saying, don't be a bullshitter, uh, which is actually impossible to not, I mean, it's impossible not to be a bullshitter. There's actually no directive here. There's no direction. 
there's no admonition. There's no way, there's no direction to go, you know? There's no correct way. There's not even, there's not even really like a hint of a direction. I don't think. I mean, you know, not in any ultimate sense. It's like, you know, you, uh, it's like you are a problem. Just, you know, definitionally. And you, you know, we can't help but continue to try it and solve it or like, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I say anymore. It never did. But you know that, you know, you know, you know where we're going. This is the point at where where we just where it all breaks down, as if it, as if there was any kind of semblance of of something to begin with. We started with bullshit and we end with bullshit, and in the meaning in in the middle of it, it kind of seems profound or something for a little while, but we just but then we just like remember that. All that supposed profundity was just sophist, sophistry, sophistry. And that sophistry is essentially, you know, all that seems to be like it's anything. Anything, anything that seems like it's something is sophistry. It's bullshit. Sophistication. You know? Just tw- just twisting up. Just twisting up the uh, pure ground of bullshit into myriad sophisticated tangled knots. A big, it's a big fucking tangle. It's a big fucking mess. But it's fine. Let it be a fucking mess. Or clean it up. Do whatever the fuck you want. As long as you do it, you know, with an attitude with an attitude of overconfidence. You'll be fine. You'll go far in this world.
time is it? I'm getting tired. I'm gonna I'm getting tired of talking. I'm getting tired of this shit. Still got like half an hour of this shit. I got still got half an hour to make up some bullshit. And it's hard because it doesn't matter what it is, you know? It doesn't even matter what quality it has. It could be uh, sublime and profound and uh, serene sounding um, or taking on this uh, banal uh, philistine persona. and cussing. It doesn't matter. It just has to be talking because that's, you know. <clears throat> the framework set forth uh, on which to b base an aspect of my identity Pretty, pretty good idea, huh? Pretty great fucking idea. This. Pretty, pretty fucking useful. Pretty fucking clever, isn't it? Don't you wish you had thought of it? But you didn't. Now I have to think of something else so you can be original. Fucker. So you can catalyze your identity. And act like you're actualized in the world. That's what you're thinking. Fuck. Fuck. I'm supposed to catalyze a fucking identity and be something in the world. Shit. I'm supposed to make my fucking mark. Make my fucking contribution. Shit. God damn it. See what I mean? This is that uh, to the extent that something seems good, it's actually bad. You know what I mean? It's like to the to the extent that this seems like it's a good video. This is great. This is good content. There's to the extent that you can even like possibly say something about it or possibly evaluate it in a certain way or like resonate positively with it in some way. It's like, 
embed there's just as much pain in, embedded in that because you're like fuck the impl the f the implications for my life god damn it shit you know when you see something that's good and you're like fuck that's good god damn it fuck the fuck am i doing the fuck am i doing with my life my shit sucks you know what i mean that feeling That's why I'm saying, you know, if you don't, if you don't bullshit yourself, you can also see through the bullshit of the world, you know, and if you can see through the bullshit of the world, you can, you can at least seeming, seem to like lessen your own bullshitting a little bit. But it's not, it, it doesn't actually ever really work that way. It's actually just like, uh, you just proceed to, towards higher and more uh, comprehensive forms of bullshitting and um, grasp on to uh, grander, more convoluted um, uh, webs of, of bullshit, you know? worldview understanding you just graduate to more slippery forms of bullshit i guess that's our i guess that's our destiny That is what is what has been set forth. What we have set forth upon. What we have embarked on. A noble quest to graduate to more sophisticated forms of bullshit. Tight. Awesome. Sick. Glad to be alive. Awesome. Life is beautiful. Love it. It's great. Love it. Sick. Tight. I'm alive. S fucking sick. There's a world. Cool. Awesome. Seems to be a myriad of other subjectivities resembling or differing from my own by, an un uh, by a mind-boggling degree. Tight. Awesome. Cool. Sick. There's this apparent present that is a nexus between the unknown and the known at the edge of which our identities merge with the creative horizon of reality unfolding in which possibilities are limitless. Sick. Awesome. I'm stoked. Stoked about that. Got it. It's fucking great.
just filling space. That's all this is. Come on. That's all it ever was. That's all any of this has ever been, is filling space. This is, you know, that's the, uh, you know, that's the general modus operandi of being a person, you know? Take up as much fucking space as possible in the fuck, in the world, you know? Crowd out all the other suckers and losers by taking up as much fucking space as possible. There, your subjectivity, you know, your individuality has expanded to take up the whole fucking universe. You've enlightened. Awesome. Congrats. You fucking morons, you gave me your attention. You fell for it. You fell for the trick. You fell for the trick. Of the advertised something. Advertising. Something. Click here. S click here for something. Ho oh. ho ho. Ah, it's gonna feel so good. Ah, ah. Cl just click on this video, click on this icon, this thumbnail, and you're just gonna feel that fucking consummation of your desire in uh, the most, ugh, in the most pleasurable way possible. It's gonna be the end of all seeking. Ah, oh, hell, oh yeah. Ah, uh, ah, uh, even if just for a moment, oh, give me that, oh, yeah, something, ah, uh, solidification, ah, uh, solidification of my disequilibrium of selfhood, consummation of my limitation in the, in the, in, in the all-loving embrace of the internet. Oh. Finally, actuali actualization, self-actualization. Sick. Finally, 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 we became enlightened. Sucks to be everybody else. Fucking losers.
Those fucking losers don't even know how much compassion I feel for them all the fucking time. Even if they're assholes. <laughs> but I don't look at I don't look at them as assholes because I have I have compassion. I just see them as, you know, a little misguided. AKA dumbasses. Shit, I still have a few more minutes. How much longer can this go on? How, how can I do it? I still have like five minutes left, I think. How am I gonna make it another five minutes? I can't stand that shit. I can't, how can I stand this shit? I need more money to motivate me. I can't just I can't just keep going on magic alone. Come on. I'm just kidding. I'm being I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. I do in fact subsist on magic. And yes, uh, I am being held hostage, uh, as you can plainly tell. Uh, obviously, uh, as somebody, uh, you know, correctly observed in the comments, they could, they could have snipers out here. Yeah, that's true. They got snipers all over. There's snipers all over the place here. They're just waiting for me to fuck up. They're just, wa they're just waiting for me to tell, you know, the truth and pew, you know I'll be on the ground you'll see me you'll see me dead on the ground it'll be it'll be caught on video and it'll be on YouTube But, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the hostage holders, um, they said, uh, they're allowing me the opportunity to buy my freedom, but, uh, I need some more Patreon funds for that. It's gonna cost a couple thou a month on an ongoing basis. So, uh, if you care about my well-being, better cough it up, bitch.
Oh yeah, they got oh, they got snipers. Don't let it. Don't be fooled. You know, I may have walked you know many miles in a serene location, and uh, but uh, you know they're post they're posted uh, everywhere I could possibly go. They got hundreds of them out here. They also keep them posted, uh, you know, in all the other locations that I could have driven to, just in case. But, you know, they, they, uh, they let me live. It's not a bad existence. Other than, you know, other than having to continually talk on YouTube and upload these uh, philosophical reflections. It's a fucking pain in my ass, to be honest. But, you know, I keep my cage clean. All right, I think uh, I think we've reached the uh, time allotment. So uh, you're off the hook, Buster. You're relieved. Bye.